Our scripture reading this morning is Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. And our message today is entitled, God Has You. This is God's word. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not, be, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his holy word. As we get older, we have more things to reflect about, do we not? Those of you who are my age or perhaps older as well, you think about your marriage, you think about your children, perhaps you think about your times in college, high school, perhaps you even think about those times when you were just like your children. Of course, you got to play outside, you got to drink from the hose, you get to run around the streets without any shoes. And you think and you reflect upon your life and how far the Lord has brought you today. Now, if you're younger, children, if I asked you to reflect upon your life, you probably think about what you got for Christmas. You think about your brothers and your little sisters. You think about the times that you you, you, you fell and you had a big gash and you had to go to the urgent care. Perhaps you just think about the life trip that you had last week. But either way, at the end of the year, the Lord has granted us by his providential mercy a time to think and a time to reflect. And this is important in our day and age when we are a culture 
of distraction. But we are a culture that is addicted to media. But we are a culture that does not want to deal with the things in front of us, but rather run away as quickly as possible. Even Sunday church coming to worship God becomes more and more difficult in this time of age. But we're here. And God has given us an opportunity to think deeply about the grace and the joy that he's bestowed upon you and me. Think about the providential graces and blessings that you already have. What I mean by that is just sort of where he has put you in time and space. Look who, has, who he has given you as a spouse. Look at the families that you have. Look at the children that you have. Look at the work that you have. Look at the fact that you get to eat good meals here in Atlanta, Georgia. There's so many good places to eat out. Think about the fact that you had hot water in the morning to take a shower. Think about the fact that you had a place to lay your head last night to go to sleep. Parents, I think one of the biggest joys that we have is being able to provide for our children and know that we could provide not simply the basic necessities, but even more. There's no greater joy that I had as a father than watching my children eat and knowing that they are satisfied in their tummies and that we could provide for them the food that they're eating. These providential joys that God has given to you and to me are something to be thankful for. But even greater than that, beyond the providential graces of God, is the salvific graces that he has given to you and me. And this gift of salvation and all the benefits that come with it is that which you and I, whatever life stage way we may be in, whatever lot that God has thrown to us, is where we actually rest our heads. It is where our tummies get full. It is where we find family together. You who are lost are now found. You have Christ in you when you came to know him. That day when you recognized your sin and you repented before the Lord and you came into his presence. Do you remember that day? That day of rebirth in your life? Go back and remember. And do not look at that day with contempt, saying, I was just a kid. I did not know what I was doing. But look back on that day as simply, God met me according to who I was at that time, at that age, 
and he showed me his love. Look how God has continued to grow your love and your affections for him. How your prayer life has grown. How the joy of reading scripture has grown. That every time you open the Bible, you see that the, the Bible is not only meant for me, but the Bible is meant for all of humanity. That this is about God and what he is doing. And to have the pleasure of being a part of that. And then, yes, I still cannot believe that we are a church. I am a, I, let me put it this way. Everyone's salvation here is a miracle. The fact that God gathers us together to make a church is a miracle as well. Our blessings are that you and I are families, are a family. That we are all brothers and sisters. That the children are all our children. The fathers and mothers are all our fathers and mothers. And together we have seen the glory of God continue. Let us be thankful, for we have food that will, that will not rot. We have clothes that will not get soiled. We have Christ and his glory enveloping us as individuals and as a church. 2023 a blessing for you, for our church as well. This passage in Matthew is part of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus instructs his disciples about Christian living. In other words, how is it that if you know Christ that we should go on living? What is our morality? What, is, what should it look like? And we see those famous passages, right? Like murder is not simply taking someone's life, but it's treating someone, treating someone with indifference. That adultery is, is not simply um, the, the act itself, but adultery is the thought as well. And in the end here, G Jesus continues to teach and, and, and wants to impress upon the people of God that we as God's people, we have different priorities or a different master as we live on this earth. That our priority and our master are not the things here, but the things in heaven. And that these things of heaven enables us and encourages us to see even more of the glory of God. We live in an age, brothers and sisters, where people are chasing after material things, and we are not immune to it. When you have children, I, I love this, because I, I, I remember when I was, before I got married, and perhaps you guys here who are younger, 
you think, when I have a family, we're going to have this standard of living and that's all. We're not going to go beyond that. That all I need is X amount of live, uh, X amount, and that's all I need. But then as life comes to you, as life continues to, to, to have demands on you, the, the creep of desire and the creep of needing and wanting more increases evermore. We want the nice things for ourselves and for our families. We want to be able to eat out X amount of days per month. We want to have, be like the people who are around us. Now, in and of itself, to provide for our families and provide for ourselves is a good thing. But you know when it crosses over into idolatry, when you start to worry, when you start to be anxious. For some of us, that anxiety plays out by, well, nervousness, irritability. So some of us, that anxiousness plays out by avoidance, running away. Instead of seeing where we are and what God has provided and coming to him in prayer and saying to the Lord, you will provide. You have been faithful up to now. You will continue to be faithful. It's having those conversations with friends about money, those conversations amongst yourself as, as family units, and talking about the faithfulness of what God has done and what God has given. God wants you to see and to compare what he has done for creation over against what he will do for you. He says, look at the flowers, the lilies of the field. Does not God clothe them? Look at the birds of the air. Does not God feed them and care for them? If that creation God loves so much more, how much more? How much more will he not provide for you? And so we are not like the people in this world trying to gain treasures here. But we see that all that God has given us as his gift to steward for ourselves, for our families, for our church, for our society, that they may see that every good gift that we have does not belong to me, it belongs to God. This changes not only the perspective of us as Christians, but this changes the way the world looks at you and, you and I. 
the world looks at the believer now as someone who's, whose primary purpose is not to gain wealth or gain prestige, but to gain the pleasure of God and to love people. One of these days, when we go to heaven, and there's no more guilt, and, and I can sort of, with clarity, laugh at myself, and you guys can laugh at yourselves as well, I would love to see a transcript of my conversations, perhaps you could do this as well, of your conversations that you had in, 20, in 2023. Every conversation that you had. And then have somebody, probably a sociologist, right? Just write down, what are the top 10 things that we talked about? What are the top 10 things that I worried about? Just so that I would know when I'm in heaven, what it is that really consumed me and consumed my heart. Better yet, just ask your non-believing friends what you talk about the most. Better yet, ask those who are closest to you when you pray what you pray about the most. You see, God wants our hearts to long for him not only for our own good, but it's the way that we show his love to those who are closest to us and to the neighbors who are around us as well. Now, as we head into 2024, I don't want you to look back at 2023 and simply see, you know, perhaps the things that you need to work on. But I want to encourage you to, to know that even today, you are here because of the grace of God. And that God has brought you here and is continuing to change your heart to long for him. And he will continue to change your heart to seek after him. But every once in a while, just like now at the end of the year, God wants you to have a greater glimpse of his love for you, the way that he will provide for you. He says very simply, brothers and sisters, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all of these things shall be given to you as well. You, brothers and sisters, place your eyes upon him and his glory Place your eyes upon his word. Seek to speak words of grace and mercy to one another. Seek to put Christ first in all things. 
seek to obey his word. Then everything will be given to you as well. Do you want to be happy at your job? Seek God first. Do you want to be happy as a student? Seek God first. Do you want your marriages to do well? Seek God first. Do you want to be a better parent? Seek God first. Do you want your children to grow, to know God? You, parent, seek God first. And everything will be given to you as well. Now, we ourselves, we are weak. We cannot do this all the time. But there is a Savior who has. Look at Jesus. What did Jesus seek above all else? Did he seek his own glory? Did he seek his own comfort? Did he seek to sleep in because he just wanted to sleep in? Did he seek to quit his work and quit his vocation? Did he seek to, to quit his godhood? No, God sought the kingdom of his father first. God sought to fight for the righteousness of his father first. And in his suffering and in his death, all things were given unto, that, unto Christ himself. As Philippians says, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We cling to Jesus and his obedience to God. We cling to him and what he has wrought by his obedience. And we know that we, as his people, by faith, we gladly follow in his steps, knowing that he empowers and enables us to follow him. Brothers and sisters, even at this time, I don't know what you are thinking. I know that once you leave your place, the demands of family, demands of the world just increase. I know you'll start thinking about other things very, very fast. But just now, even with these three, two minutes we have, just now, tell God, I need to need you. Tell God, I want to want you. Tell God, help me to follow you. Tell God, make 2024 a time where I see you even more. And then resolve to do the simple things. Lord, I will pray, I will read your word. I will meet with brothers and sisters who know the gospel. And even though it might be hard from day to day, I know that it is the right thing to do. Resolve even now, brothers and sisters, 
to do so before the world gets a hold of your heart. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord bless CCPC. May the Lord allow us to be that city on a hill that when all people come to see us, they see our desire to seek God's kingdom and to seek his righteousness. Let us pray. Lord, we acknowledge that we are both sinner and both your child all at the same time. We acknowledge that by your grace, we belong to you. We belong to you fully. No one can sever this covenant relationship with you, not even ourselves. But we acknowledge also, Lord, that there is residual sin in us as well, still battling, still fighting. And we acknowledge, Lord, that many times that we see ourselves succumb. And in 2023, perhaps, well, I know, many of us have seen the repercussions of that since none of us are perfect. But we've also seen, Lord, the grace that you've bestowed upon us even in the midst of those difficult battles. But Lord, you called us, Lord, to fight those battles and those battles well, to say no to unrighteousness and to say yes to righteousness, to, as Paul says, to set our minds in heaven and our hearts in heaven, Lord God, to store our treasures there as well. And so, Lord, teach us to do so, Lord God, and in so doing, enabling us and freeing us of concern for ourselves, concern for our future, concern for our material well-being, freeing us from those things so that we can truly focus on what is important, to love you, to love our church, to love our brothers and sisters in Christ, to love our children here in Christ, and to love our neighbors as well. Lord, we pray that 2024, that your presence would be here, Lord God. We rest upon your wisdom. We rest upon your knowledge to do what is best for us. Help us simply as your people to walk in your path faithfully and joyfully. In Christ's name we pray, amen.